Welcome to Talking Pictures Trivia, the podcast in which a group of friends explore movies through trivia. I'm one of these friends, KJ, and with me is... Tom. And Brian. For those joining us for the first time, we start off each episode with four rapid-fire trivia questions, and possibly a few bonus questions. Audience, feel free to play along from home. The first question is worth one point, and each question after that is worth one more point. Then, we'll follow it up with our famous movie rants, where anything goes. Tom, tell us about today's movie. Walking up the theaters in 1979, we would have had to choose between Mad Max, Dawn of the Dead, Rocky II, Moonraker, Meatballs, The Muppet Movie, and today's movie, Alien. Alien follows a ship, a mining ship that's returning to Earth when it is stopped by a beacon, a supposed SOS. They, the members of the ship, go down to see if they can help whomever seems to be signaling help. And instead, they come back with a vicious extraterrestrial, which cuts through the ship and causes them to reconsider their mission and fight for their lives. It's time for question one. How many life forms are on the ship at the beginning of the movie? So, Tom, are we we're counting the number of life forms on the ship? So can I just throw out an example? Like Sigourney Weaver counts as one? Yes. Okay. And I'll give you a hint. There are no plants. Really? I am offering this question oh. as if there are no <laughs> plants. Is this a trick question? <laughs> Ooh, well, that, that uh, I, I, I think definitely it's think it's a trick question. Um, yeah, let me mark some, uh, yeah, hold on a second, I'm gonna go around the pod. <laughs> but I think I know the tricks. My problem is just gonna be the straight. <laughs> like, I know what, yeah. I know the trick, but I don't know enough information to fall into the trick locked in i think it's a trick trick question yeah it's a double trick all right (laughs) locked in locked in all right kj what do you have all right can i go through them is that all right or do you just want the total (laughs) you you can do what you like okay so we're gonna go we're gonna do this we're gonna start with the first trick the cat yep jonesy right jonesy jonesy not indiana okay then we're going to have the two guys who are only getting one share or half a share or something. The two yep. ma- maintenance guys. Yep, yep. We got Sigourney Weaver. We have the guy who eventually uh, gets face hugged. We have the captain. And then we have the other nervous lady. So I'm going seven. I'm going seven life forms. I'm going seven as well, uh, taking into account Jonesy and not considering Ash. Yeah, we not Ash. Don't want to ruin it for anybody that's listening, so I don't know. Well, I'm sure we'll get to that. Maybe we'll just... Oh, we, we have spoilers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, spoilers are out. We, we <laughs> so spoilers are out. Okay. Yep. If you haven't seen this movie in the last 40 years, then, then so be it. It's your fault, yeah. <laughs> your fault. You're probably <laughs> not going to do well on the trivia. <laughs> <laughs> and that is correct. It is seven. Uh, Okay, very well done. It's time for question two. Who is the first person to wake? Locked in. (laughs) 
it's a weird scene, guys. <laughs> like, it's it's a really interesting scene. I love that opening scene, it is. right? Because it's like birth or something, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's slow. It's awkward. They're wearing awkward things. It's a little bit like what you think Jesus might have been wearing when he woke up again. <laughs> um, I'll lock in with a guess. All uh, right, KJ, what's your guess? Um, I'm going to say the guy that got face hugged. I don't remember his I'm, name. Yep. That's my answer to Kane. Kane is the, uh, I think he was the face hugger. That's correct. It's Kane. John Hurt's Kane. Just a side note, those life pods certainly can take humans and cats at the same time, I guess, right? That's mm-hmm. fine. But it's also designed to not freak out if a giant metal robot gets put in there. <laughs> right? Like, I, mm. I, you know, I don't know what life support takes, but if there's any kind of microwaves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but thinking about it, did we see uh, Ash mm. in the... I, we I'm do, trying... yeah. He's actually so next he to is. He's, he's next yeah. to okay. Gotcha, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I I guess so, unless he just turns off or he's so lifelike that he requires the same treatment. Like a baby. Which at which point it's like kind of like just hire a guy maybe instead of <laughs> instead of investing. Yeah, some like sort of guy. fluid coming out of him at the uh, in mm-hmm. his final moments, whether that was uh, hydraulic fluid or you know milk <laughs> for that matter. It's pretty but, gross uh, either way. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's time for question three. Who is the second person to die? Locked in. Locked in, but this is this is the trickiest question so far, Tom, I gotta say. All right. What do you got, KJ? Alright, so the first guy to die, I think, was the facehugger guy who had the alien pop out of his chest. I think the right. second guy to die was the crewman who always agrees. He was he was one of the guys getting half shares or whatever, and he always agreed with the other guy. All right. And Brian, what do you have? That's my answer, too, uh, while he was looking for Jonesy, right? Uh, exactly. Yep. That's correct. That's Brett, played by Harry Dean Stanton. The great Harry Dean Stanton. Yeah, it was going back and forth in my head between Dallas, but wasn't sure when he jumped into the, uh, the duct, if that was before or after, but that was... Uh, that's what I came with. Okay. And we are at our final question. And we're all tied up. And we're all <laughs> tied up at six. Yes. Ooh. Very dramatic. It's time for question four. What is the name of the ship? Oh. <laughs> locked in. Yeah, locked in as long as spelling doesn't count. <laughs> Uh, no, I would like you to. But say how you, it. <laughs> yeah, how you say it's gonna be the problem because in my head, I'm, well, I'll nudge KJ first. <laughs> what do you have? Uh, Nostradamus. Okay, Brian, what do you have? It's like half of me is thinking, uh, what's that Johnny Five saying? Nosotros kick your blank, but it's uh, it's not Nosotros. <laughs> it's uh, uh, no 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 smoro. I'm going to go with Nosmoro. Okay, you're, you're both kind of wrong. <laughs> I thought it was the dude that makes predictions. Nostromos. <laughs> no, it's Nostromo. It's a Joseph Nostromo. Conrad reference. Oh, Nostromo uh. was a, Joseph, a very, probably the most famous of Joseph Conrad's novels. Gotcha. Which, you know, I think of Joseph Conrad as being like sailing into foreign territory and what have you. 
We yeah. greatly disappoint you, Tommy. You're still tied. <laughs> All right. Are we ready for a bonus question? Yes, right. worth five points. Worth five points, and here we go. For all the all the Skittles, which you might want or not want, depending on your opinion on Skittles. But here we go. Yeah, a Skittles guy. Yeah, they're okay. Nick's a Skittles guy. Hopefully he wins. Of course, yeah. <laughs> it's time for a bonus question. What is the only good thing on the ship? And this is a specific reference. Locked in. Oh, you're going to get this one, are you? Ah. <laughs> uh... Uh, locked in. All right, what do you got, Brian? Sleep. That's wrong. <laughs> what do you have, KJ? That cup of coffee he's drinking. Up uh, and KJ wins. Ah, it. nice one. <laughs> <laughs> Very yeah. good. I had a Very bunch nice of job. bonus questions, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hear him. Let's hear him. Let's go double or yeah, nothing. I'll say. go double or yeah. nothing. Um, oh, one of it. them you actually answered in the conversation, so I couldn't do Ooh. it. It was um, how many shares does Brett and Parker get? It's like half. It was confusing, but I think it was a like they each got a half or something, or half of what everyone else would get. Yeah, they got a half share. Though at one point, Sigoni Weaver's Ripley says your bylaw guaranteed a share. Right. Right. So I don't know if she meant that technically, or to both of them, or by yeah. responding or something to the uh, yeah to the alert, or just like you get something. Like, you're not going to get nothing. You know what I mean? I don't know. Um, okay. What type of ship is this? Um, what type of ship is this? Mining ship? Okay. What do you got, Brian? Heavy freight mover? Mm. Oh. Uh, Close-ish? Com- commercial towing vehicle. <laughs> commercial towing vehicle. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> How many of those questions did you have on? <laughs> uh, I can give you a few more. <laughs> yeah, wanna... let's keep them coming. Uh, what is Dallas willing to take responsibility for? Um, I, You know, sometimes I can't get specific and I get kind of philosophical so mm-hmm. locked in with a <laughs> what's your philosophical <laughs> it's the idea when they come back on the ship and Sigourney so Weaver's like you know I, I can't believe you did that we should all be in quarantine da, da, da. And he's like I'll take responsibility for that yep. okay. that was my uh, infecting the ship oh, they opened the pod door it isn't it's actually <laughs> um, he says I'll take responsibility when uh, they take the face hugger off and Ash says it might kill him and he says I'll take responsibility ah uh, you're right yep yep mm-hmm. yep, yep. yep. <laughs> we should Jeez. keep going or we just jump into our conversation keep giving you one more, I have, one more I'll give you one more that actually leads into our conversation <laughs> what is the computer referred to in the film mother mother yeah all right very good <laughs> KJ wins nice yeah nice. I'm gonna take yes. that one then so yeah. congratulations to Nick congratulations to Nick well done Nick congratulations Nick I hope you get those skittles yeah exactly <laughs> like those Uh, Audience, stay tuned for a surprisingly acidic movie rant coming up right after this break. Join another Talking Studios production, Limited Lexicon, where we play through text-based adventure games. Text-based adventure games were computer games from before computers had graphics. The game uses text to describe a scene, and the player types back how they want to interact with the game. I'll read the text from the computer, and my co-host will feed me commands. This season, we're playing through The Hobbit from 1982 on the ZX Spectrum. Here's a quick sample. I thought uh, a lot about our first command, and I think it should be no print, because we don't want to print things as we're going along. I think by default, 
it's not gonna print and even if i did print, <laughs> I, where is it gonna print to 1982 <laughs> I would imagine if we go west, we're going to be south of the troll, right? Just south of the troll land. Yeah, let's try it. You go west. The troll's clearing. The visible... Oh, <laughs> we died. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The troll, the troll saw us and killed us. So I think we have to see the answer to the riddle then. The answer is dark. Say dark, I think. Talk to what? Golem. Gollum. Say Gollum dark you talk to Gollum. thorin says hurry up and we died and we died so we went northeast last time so let's go southwest you go southwest visible exits are north northwest you see the valuable golden ring oh that's perfect limited lexicon Coming to your podcatcher and YouTube in late 2022 by Talking Studios. And we're back. So, Tom, childhood movie, huh? Yeah? Yeah. This, I, uh... I, I, yeah, I really enjoyed this movie as, as a little boy. Um, I think it was just the design of the alien was very capturing. Uh, I also captured my imagination. And I also love the biology of the organism. There's a very clear articulation of how this thing grows it's often referred to as a perfect organism which makes no sense since it requires like a, a dead person a person to die in order to you know come to life or whatnot but i was always kind of fascinated by the um the starkness of the movie in contrast to the clarity of the biological stuff going on inside the ship like the ship is stark and dark and labyrinth and so is the the creature but it's also like the creature by comparison is so much more clear as to what it's doing than all the tech stuff um and i think as a little kid i, I really was intrigued by that what was the word you said for uh that you, that you kind of disagreed with oh a perfect organism perfect yeah i think that's what kane refers to him right at one point oh, the android perfect. i think it says okay. it's like a good is it Kane or is it Ash? Or, or Ash, I'm sorry, Ash. Yeah, Ash. Robot. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. he does kill uh, the guy that <laughs> died right in the beginning. So it could be, you know, that's a requirement, not not for birth, but to get mm -hmm. to the next stage, he needs to have a kill. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, it seems like it can't hatch on its own, which obviously does not make a perfect organism. <laughs> oh, 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 I was saying yeah. the word perfect. Yep, got it now. I, yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a, that's kind of reoccurring because or in different films, the one that just jumped out at me when you said that, uh, or just how it how it birthed itself out of the chest cavity. I, I think of X Files: Fight the Future, mm -hmm. uh, where uh, the black oil, you know, it incubates inside of a person, blasts straight on out. Uh, same thing. I mean, maybe it took the idea from Alien. No, oh, possibly. But Brian, this is your first watch of the whole movie. This is uh, so two days ago was my second watch. The first watch was a, a while back. And actually during that or shortly after that watch, uh, I don't know if it's just YouTube algo. I don't know. It wasn't even on YouTube. So it couldn't have been a YouTube algo. I probably just came across an infographic. It's one of the uh, YouTube channels that I subscribe to. And it's um, the video went deep into alien and you know I, I don't know if i'm using uh cam in the right way i know you guys discussed Cam in the past but uh you know there's a whole world dedicated to these type of 
uh, organisms and you know what makes them what they are and how they developed and I don't know if you're aware of that uh, but there's it gets pretty deep out there on the internet uh, in different communities so that's kind of interesting it, it really affected a lot of people I guess you know it's it's a great plot uh, setup or plot line and people just ran with it for the last couple of decades yeah I, I also um, the design I think is what is so intriguing the geiger design of the creatures and also that other ship um you have mothership which is um it's like odd it's a labyrinth but it's also like a sterile birth space like that opening scene is so weird where everybody wakes up it's so <laughs> slow and they're like coming to life in this <laughs> like glorious white space and you go into the other ship and you meet the the aliens and it's like the the bones of everything are on the outside like an insect right everything seems even the even the fossilized alien right it's like its nose is a bone that connects mm. to its sternum it, it's a weird like very very kind of creepy design and it's this odd thing because like the the man-made space is it's just kind of either sterile or boring um, but it's being run by kind of an evil mother. <laughs> like, it's, like it's called mother and it's evil. Um, and anything that that talks about like coming to life and it talks about anything that depicts coming to life um, is kind of inverted in the movie into something kind of brutal and hard. Like when the alien comes to life, when it's birthed, it kills things. Like <laughs> that's the consequence. And it's also as a like little baby alien, it's completely unrecognized as organic or, or anything anybody wants to be around um it's just such a creepy concept because it seems to be about like birth and being kind of guided by a bad mother that seems to be what's going mm -hmm. on in this movie it's it's really unsettling yeah tom why do you think mother was evil why do you think the computer was evil well for the actual literal reason is the company wants the alien we don't really know why. Somebody says maybe for the weapons department. Seems like a terrible yep. weapon. You can't control it at all. You know. Um, but regardless, the computer is clearly completely indifferent to the people it's brought to life, right? Yes. So okay, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's just yep. it's complete it doesn't care about them. And maybe it's the company that's ordered it or whatnot, but the computer is clearly lying in order to or the you know working with the robot in order to get the alien on board regardless of the consequences to the people it, it doesn't care um and the fact that they call it mother and the fact that we start the movie with mother like waking everyone up kind of giving life to these people again in order to be completely callous about what happens to them is is really creepy <laughs> not to ruin anything but in the uh i don't know if the sequels follow uh, right after the original alien, but uh, do we ever find out who's controlling Mother? The, the actual uh, company or the... the company people? Um, so in the sequel, it's it's more of a rehash. Like the company is evil and wants the alien again. And um, Paul Reiser is sort of the representative of the company in, in the sequel. Alien Cubed, you don't meet them. Alien Cubed is a more isolated. She's She gets lost onto a prison planet. Um I, you see a little bit of them in Alien Four. In the the prequels, you meet the guy who finds who founds the company, played by Guy Pierce. Um, mm -hmm. And if you've seen the prequels, it 
it's a little silly. It's like this group of extraterrestrials made the aliens as a weapon and they put a map on Earth for some reason. And and so Guy Pierce's Wayland wants to fly to the place where the aliens are, but then the aliens don't want I mean it makes it doesn't make any sense on its own and it's not that interesting, even if it did. <laughs> um I much prefer this version, which is just like there's an aberration in space and it's dangerous. So Tom, when you watched this as a kid, was it like gather all your friends over for a sleepover? What like what friends? <laughs> <laughs> what was the circumstance in which Right, like, I'm, as an eight-year-old Tom is like reaching out to the VCR <laughs> to put the home box office recording. In. Like, what's, what does this look like? Is it nighttime? Yeah, is it so. daytime? Is it? It's whenever. I mean, I, I watched it a lot, and eventually my mother said I couldn't anymore. Um, <laughs> she said it was, it was like I couldn't watch because it was rated R, and that'd be bad for me. Now, having seen the movie a few times, I, I don't know what the, what the prohibition was supposed to accomplish, but. Um, I guess so. I guess it was like we had a little VCR player and I would watch, I would put that movie on and watch it. Um, and then I also became really, um, I really wanted to see the other, um, the other ones in the trilogy. So I remember yeah, renting them from the library. I don't know how I got, I was friends with all the librarians as a kid. So I, you know, managed to sneak some things out I, I kept getting in trouble because they would tell on me to my mother um because your mom worked at the library too right she did and they would be like yeah you know he's he's got like another Anne rice novel maybe you should check up on him uh, yeah and yeah so i would yeah do that and watch the movies um watch those movies at home which they don't like i don't think alien cubed certainly is quite a bad film uh, despite having David Fincher as its director. Um, Aliens is serviceable action mush, but it's also just not that, you know, it's a shoot 'em up film and it doesn't have any of the kind of um, horror that this one does. And even the, the kind of clicking, ticking clock thing we have in this film, you also have in that. And it's, you know, just a little bigger and louder and boomier, um, which is not that interesting. Yeah. Is Bill Paxton in the second? He is. Yeah, he plays okay. Hudson. This is his character in the second. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember hearing a sound effect back in the day when that was the cool thing to download from AOL. Game over, <laughs> man. It's game over. Was that that was from Aliens? <laughs> that was from Aliens, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put it all together. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, Michael Ben from the original Terminator is also in it. Mm. Yeah. But it's yeah, it's, it's interesting, like how a kind of mythos develops around this character this like alien thing because there's nothing to it right it's just a big monster i mean it might as well be like monster lives under your bed bites you and you know i mean there's <laughs> i think the whole thing is like just the design is so and the geiker's design is so creepy that people are intrigued by it and it's also enough of a blank canvas that if you're a filmmaker who wants to come along and and take the alien and make your own story out of it you can because it's just there's so little there that it offers the imagination opportunities on this rewatch i forgot that it really starts as a sci-fi film for the first hour or so you're on the ship you land on the planet you see that giant alien ship and then like you were saying tom you're, you're going through it you see the bones and there's a little bit of creepiness right it's a it's scary because it's unknown in space but at that point it's not necessarily a horror film 
mm-hmm. it's it's much more of a sci-fi film and i always forget that the movie isn't just ripley running from the alien there is that whole first half where they meet the alien and you know try to kind of figure out what happened to the previous ship and the exploration part and there's a number of inversions they do in that beginning right first of all sigourney weaver was not the most famous actress in that cast john hurt was at that time Hmm. um so just like in psycho where they kill off the main character sorry to spoil psycho for like 40 minutes into the movie um they do the same thing here with john hurt it was expected that john hurt would be the hero of the film because he's the most famous him and john uh, and Scarrett were the most famous actors in the movie. Um, and so getting rid of him that quickly is a disorienting for an audience at that time. Um, and also everybody's much older than your typical action cast, right? Like um, I think John Hurt was 39 at the time. Uh, Ian Holm, everybody's favorite Bilbo Baggins was maybe like 46. When he I was made trying movie. to figure out who that was. Yeah. That yeah. makes a lot. Of, I'm like, I know that voice. <laughs> I kept thinking he was the... Um, I'll say the only actor in Halloween. I kept getting him confused. Oh, Donald the, Pleasant. Yep. <laughs> the voice yeah. sounded similar, but no, that yeah. makes a lot more sense. That he's... Uh, yeah, no, he's much more accomplished than Donald Pleasant. Ian Holm is one of like the great Shakespearean actors too. Uh, did a very famous Lear um, when I was a kid that I saw. Um, <laughs> we could have done that one. <laughs> <laughs> that was also at the library. They had a video of it at the library. That's where I saw it. <laughs> Um, it's amazing what you can find at the library. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. The, the act, you know, and so a lot of the actors are like. So when we was twenty nine, everybody else is in their thirties or forties, and um, so it's not like it's not like Predator, right? Where everybody's jacked out of their mind and is has, has like fifteen guns and is saying like really cool things about being a sexual tyrannosaurus or, or, or what have you. Um, th- this movie has these kind of um, physically unimpressive middle-aged people without resources trying to deal with a problem. They're probably a lot closer to their audience than most horror action movies would be. Yeah. I didn't realize uh, Sigourney Weaver was actually that old. I thought she was younger in this, but it makes mm-hmm. sense. And it was something I read... Um... Well, I guess it was Monday, maybe Tuesday, uh, where Sigourney Weaver was, I think, the last person cast for this movie. Uh, the, the person who was going out for it was, uh, or for her role, Ripley's role, uh, was Veronica Cartwright, if what I read mm-hmm. was correct, who ended up playing Lambert. But uh, yeah, so uh, it was, seems like it's really jumpstarted her career. I also heard um, Jane Fonda almost had the role. And then <laughs> I heard Meryl Streep was supposed to have it, but she... I think she lost somebody close to her right when uh the interview John Cazal. Yeah. Yeah. Fredo. Yeah. So oh, that would I did not know that. Yeah, because Fredo would have uh John Cazal would have died in nineteen seventy eight. That was her husband. Yeah. No, I was gonna say the uh one of the funny parts, uh or the things when I look back, just to see how they had the alien kind of scramble across the the room once it busts out a cane. <laughs> That's something that seemed very 1979. And, uh, you know, looking back at that diner scene in Spaceballs, I, I could see that alien doing a tap dance routine just with the, the, how choppy that little walk out of the room was. But uh, that was just, it was just something down the top of my mind. Yeah. They apparently had cut the table in half and slid it together. 
Um, mm -hmm. They also, Veronica Cartwright in that, who gets covered in blood, they didn't tell her that was going to happen. <laughs> so when she's, blood her. <laughs> yeah, so when she's like screaming, that's authentic. She did not know that was going to happen. Nice. Yeah, good honor. Well, I'd like to once again congratulate our winner of the week, Nick. Well yeah. done again. I know you knew all the answers to those bonus questions. Mm -hmm. He did. He did. He must have. You can rate and review this show anywhere podcasts are available. For those viewing in YouTube land, if you haven't already, please like this video, subscribe to the Talking Studios channel for all our exciting content, and follow us on Twitter at Talking Studios. Check out other shows by Talking Studios, including Keep Making Movies, where we explore micro-budget films, Limited Lexicon, where we play through text-based adventure games, and Get the Point, where we slowly reveal a movie poster and try to guess which movie poster it is. Got a question for us? Call the Talking Studios hotline at 201-467-8679 and leave a message. It may be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Talking Pictures Trivia wherever fine podcasts are found. Join us next time when we discuss a movie from Chris's childhood, Monster Squad from 1987. Stay tuned for our first impressions of Monster Squad. Ding, 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 ding. Next week, we'll be discussing Monster Squad from 1987. Chris, how was your watch? Uh, I've seen this movie a number of times because I remember this from my childhood, obviously, based on the whole block that we're doing. Uh, I have to admit that this last time watching it through a different colored lens and a different kind of like social atmosphere, some of the stuff was a little cringy. Uh, but at the same time, I still really loved it. It's a, it's quintessentially 1980s. Uh, it feels like a Goonies ripoff, which I think is exactly what it was supposed to be. And I'm a sucker for the Universal Monsters. I've always loved those movies, and I love those like pure horror icons of Dracula and the and the the, the creature and Frankenstein. So anytime you can kind of mix Goonies shenanigans, crazy one-liners, and the Universal Monsters, I'm totally in. And I love this movie, and I hope that uh, anybody that, that watches it can get past some of the 1980s of it all and enjoy it for what it actually is. Uh, KG, well, how was your how was your watch? Yeah, Chris, like you, I I also grew up with this movie. My mom must have taped it off of something, so I watched this quite a bit as a kid. Um, I think it was my introduction to the classic Universal monsters, or you know, the closest thing to them legally without being the classic universal monsters you know that was a while ago and then i about a few years ago i rewatched it and guys i i like this movie i really like this movie and audience one of the things i encourage you to look out for is how well a few of the shots are blocked and framed but then how corny and cheesy and poorly made the movie is that contrast i i really enjoyed um, there's also a documentary called Wolfman Has Nards that I recommend. Um, it's kind of a fun, it's a very modern documentary just talking about how fans love the film now. Uh, and audience, it's a quick movie. Um, it's, it's, it doesn't overstay its welcome. It kind of feels like it's missing an act somewhere in there. But um, I really enjoyed it. Go check it out. Tom, how was your watch? I had not seen this movie until today when I watched it earlier. I've been a bit 
busy. So I had to uh, save it for today. I will say that the idea of the framing shots that you mentioned is intriguing. And yes, it does feel like it's missing an act. It is very quick, which is fine. You know, I kind of prefer its speed to it to being more full, whatever that's supposed to mean. I, I think for me, what gets lost, and it's a this is not a a comment on the talent of the child actors, um, but more how child actors are used, is that I I had a hard time investing in the kids. I, I think the, the the child actors were either used very well or or you didn't um, cast them particularly well, whatever it was. You kind of appreciate an E.T. or a Spielberg movie in which he tends to uh, really find either really good actors or just he knows how to work with child actors in in a really good way and i think that's what ends up being kind of distant for me in this is i'm not i'm I'm not riding the wave like a child like you would in in the sandlot for example even though these kids are, are a bit younger than the kids in the sandlot and i think that was what was missing for me monster squad is available on paramount plus at the time of this recording wow talking studios Now that I'm thinking about it, I wonder if Jim Jim Henson could have helped. <laughs> the alien was pretty oh. good, but Oh god. I mean, imagine what the Henson version of this <laughs> bulgy eyes. Eh? <laughs> you just you just wanna hug it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy being alien. Hmm. <laughs> Whatever color, black. Start black, not black. <laughs> kind of moves through the ship like 